Did you know one in five Americans live with a mental health problem? <laughs> that means unless you live in a cave, you know someone personally dealing with these issues. So join us and our special guests as we answer your questions, share real stories, and work to pull the curtain back on how stigma impacts our everyday lives and our communities. We believe that making a real impact happens best with candid conversations, laughter, and tears. We are your hosts, Jennifer Teague and Josh Moore, and this is Impact Stigma. Good morning. Good morning, Josh. How are you? I'm tired. Me too. I've had the longest weekend. <laughs> Kids are driving me nuts. Yes. Staying home. I tell you, it's all because COVID-19. I know it. I know. They're just ready to get back in the swing of things. Yep. And as soon as I walk through the door, it's Josh this, Josh that, you know. I well, get you. Yeah. Well, Frontier Health was brilliant. And decided to take Fridays off. Um, during so the, yeah. during the COVID nineteen, and which was great. It also spoiled me. Yeah, me too. And getting Fridays off was <laughs> like a mini vacation. It was. It was great having three day weekends. Yeah, I got. Oh man, I got so I much more done. I spent time with the family. You know, I went on a lot of cool photo trips. I did so much stuff. And now that we've had our first five-day work week. I feel like I've been hit by a Mack truck. Yeah, I'm, I feel like death. You know. I, I spent all of Saturday sleeping. <laughs> I know what you mean. Just to recover. I was trying to clean my garage out, which because I needed to save $75 a month and cancel my uh, my storage. Yeah. I now have it all in my garage. So I have a tiny little path I can walk through to get out, and all I know is if I don't do something about it, I may have a mental breakdown. So I've been working on that while we had the four-day weekends. Now I can't, so I tried to do it this weekend, and it was a completely different feeling. I was like, I'm way too tired. I'm so tired. I just and can't. S- and Sunday comes so much quicker I now. know. <laughs> You're like, oh, great. I, you know, I'm like, uh, I got to go to bed. But also on the upside, I don't feel so rushed. And my children don't drive me as crazy because I'm not around them as much, even though I love my children. I have three teenagers that live at home. And um, I will say that I got really excited and also really emotional when my oldest went away to college and then slightly surprised when she came back so quickly. And now she's been home for so long. But I love her. But it's all, it's a different thing. It's definitely different. Now, does yours fight like mine does? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, they do. Over yes. the simplest little things. Yeah. They they fight in a different way. And also my favorite thing is I come home from work and I'm like, hey, guys, you all are way too old to not be doing your chores. And there's a pile of dishes in the sink. And the first thing they want is, hey, mom, how are you? Also, we're starving. Yeah, feed me. I'm like, but I'm neurotic. You all know how I feel about the kitchen. If you want to eat, I suspect I need it to be clean. When you get home. So, I'm weird. I have to clean the entire kitchen. Yeah. I hear you don't. You've told me that before. Yeah, I do not. I have, <laughs> I gave our kids, we have two kids, and I gave both of our kids, they have a daily chore. and It's it's litter box and dishes. And instantly, my daughter went, I want litter box. And I went, really? Okay. And Ethan's like, all right, I'll do the dishes. So, before I get home, the litter box has to be done, and the dishes have to be done, or I turn off the internet for the whole day. Nice. Oh. He's militant, you guys. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty much I'm so. a pushover, but I'm a single mom, so, you know. Yeah, true. 
my son has those big brown eyes that he just bats at me. And I usually am like, okay, fine. So, <laughs> well, we not got fun. Our, well, we got our guest here listening yeah. to all of our problems. All of our stuff, yeah. yeah which he probably does not want to do. So He's been laughing, so I hope that hopefully he's having a good time so far. We want everybody to have a good time. So, yep. um, for all you guys listening right now, morning, night, whenever, we are really, really excited about our guest today. Absolutely, and we'd like to welcome Eric Williams. Thank you. Happy to be here. Awesome. Eric is a peer support specialist, which is a really difficult job here at Frontier Health. So um, we are, uh, we know you have a special story. We'll get to that in a minute, but um, we just want to say welcome, Eric. We're so glad you're here. Yep. I'm very happy to be here. So Eric, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your role here at Frontier Health, what it entails and what you do and who you help and all that good stuff. We help ages between 18 to, I think the oldest one I've got right now is like 82. Oh, wow, really? Yes. What we do is we try to give them a place to go to socialize, to to feel more warm with each other. Also, to try to take them out in the community if we can, just so that way they have a way to socialize with others. Mm-hmm. Um, give them something to do other than sit home and worry and think of things that are just putting them down. Right. We also try uh, to give them structure. Uh, you know, structure is very important in your life. Absolutely. So we try to uh, we try to integrate integrate. Excuse me. Um, a structure in their in their life. That's awesome. Yeah. What actually? Um, so how does someone come to peer support services? How would you say they come to see you? The best way that I can explain would be um, if you have had a um, case manager or a therapist. Uh, usually those people will be the ones to recommend for you to try out peer support. Um, that's usually the best way to get in, and they will give you the phone numbers and stuff to, to contact us. Okay, great. And you work awesome. over at the Frontier Industries in Kingsport, right? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, now that we kind of know what you do for Frontier Health, um, I would kind of like to know how you came to be here. So this is the part I know um, when we first started, you know, talking about who are, are we were going to have here on Impact Stigma. Um, Josh and I talked, and he mentioned your name and said, you know, Eric's got a really inspirational story. It's such a fantastic story. I think it would be perfect for our podcast. So I know Josh knows all about it. I don't know what your your story is, so I would say, tell me your story. Tell me how you became a peer recovery specialist at uh, Frontier Health and what happened before you got here. I'd love to hear all about that. Sure. I'm glad to tell the story. To start off with, I did own a business, a music store in Rogersville for 22 years. It was a very stressful job, of course, and uh, I guess the best way to put it is on a Saturday, June the 3rd, to 2017, I was out push mowing parts of my yard and collapsed with a heart attack. Oh, my goodness. The way everything just started happening was simply I wasn't feeling good. I started getting really sweaty. The next thing I know, parts of my body started going numb. Mm-hmm. And thank God my father was there. Uh, he's the one that helped get me in the house. Uh, he gave me an aspirin to chew. Called nine one one basically, 
he took me to the hospital himself, and that's when they told me, Mr. Williams, you're having a heart attack right now. And the only thing I could think of was, I cannot believe this has happened to me. I'm 43 years old. Yeah, it's awful young. And it was the Widowmaker, which is... Oh, man. Wow. It, which is the uh, main artery is 100% blocked, so I had no blood flow whatsoever. Just by the grace of God is the only reason I'm here. That's the only reason. He had something he wanted you to do really big, I can tell. I do believe that is definitely the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Considering what I do now, I love I love what Frontier Health does. I love what the Frontier Health is as a company. If it wasn't for Frontier Health, I believe I would still be sitting in my bedroom sulking, wondering where my life is, what I'm doing, can I go forward. Yeah. Uh, Frontier Health made all the world a difference to me. Anyone that needs help of any kind needs to see somebody at Frontier Health. That's I awesome. agree. We have a, we have some of the best I've ever um, ever met. Period. We have people that really care. Yeah, for sure. And I will tell you, um, one thing that got me started in in wanting to be here was I was suggested by my case manager to attend Victory Center in Kingsport. How'd you um, like that? What was did you like that? Did you think that was a good suggestion at first? At first, I was very skeptical. I'm going right. to I'm going to be very honest. I was. We very want skeptical. you to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I was very skeptical of it. I wasn't for sure exactly what Victory Center could do for me. Uh, but I kept going and I kept going. I wasn't going to give up. You know, this was something that I needed to move forward with. I let them help me instead of holding anything back. They gave me structure. They gave me ideas. They gave me actually life. They gave me life itself. And what I mean by that is they instilled me all the positive things that, of life you can find. And everything was positive 100% all the time. I never had a chance to look down and go, oh, poor pitiful me. What am I going to do? So that brings a question to me. So, like, what brought you into Frontier Health? Was it because, we, you know, we don't do the medical part, the heart attack stuff and all that. Right. Uh, were you were you going through depression or, you know, what made you go see a case manager or a therapist? Most definitely it was a very high depression, very high. A lot of emotional changes like you would not believe after the heart attack. I was warned about it from the cardiologist himself, but I thought nothing like this is going to happen to me. But no, it hit and it hit hard. It was also one of these things that the doctor warned me about this, but I never thought it would ever happen. There was no way. I just could not, I couldn't think straight. I had so many different emotional changes. One second I would be happy as I could be. The next second I would be so mad at life itself. It did not make any sense to me. Uh, I would be laughing and carrying on, and then the next minute crying my eyes out and would not know why. That's crazy. Um, it did not make any sense, and I knew I needed help. Excuse me, I knew I needed help, but I didn't know where to turn. And I will say, my mother played a big role in that part, too. Uh, she's the one that mentioned Frontier Health to me. I believe that she was a uh, patient Frontier Health at one time. Mm-hmm. I don't want her to think that I'm throwing her under the bus right. there, but, but she she's the one that actually sent me in that direction. So you would say... Having a support, having someone that isn't, um, doesn't have a preconceived notion, I guess, about 
what it means to go seek treatment for mental health is a really big plus. Most definitely. Yeah. Most and a lot definitely. of people don't have that, which is why we're here talking today. My family has all been very supportive. I will say that once I got to Victory Center, they were the reason why I'm here today. Period. A job come up in peer support, I was asked if I would be interested, and I applied. I love my job wholeheartedly. I couldn't ask to be doing anything more. This is something that I never thought in my life that I would ever want to do. Yeah. Chuck, I was a, a, I was a retail business owner. Right. That's what I knew. That's what I loved. But after I had to close it down for stressful reasons. Right. And a lot of people just to kind of... I'm the only girl in the room, <laughs> so I will say, you know, I've, I'm not, I don't have any sisters, I have all men in my family, and, and it's not a man thing, but I will say that I think it's more difficult for men to talk about, I need help, and I'm so thankful for your vulnerability today, Absolutely. like, thank you so much for sharing, because I can't imagine, I think that, I, you know, I knew we were doing this podcast. I was really excited about it. But I think that's the reason you're here today is to help inspire other men to say, it's okay that if I need to ask for help, then I need to go get help because nobody does, nobody leaves and gets through this life by themselves. I think it's really important. And all of us that sit down in front of these mics and talk to our, our, our awesome, awesome audience, we've all got a story. Every one of us, Josh yes. has a story. I have a story. And we'll get there. I want to share it, but today's all about you. So, you know, I think the thing that I'm hearing is, you know, this is impact stigma. And we're trying to impact stigma in incremental ways sometimes and great big ways sometimes. And today, I think, is an incremental way. It's more like, hey, you didn't have depression before this happened to you. Correct. Sometimes it takes a traumatic event for that to happen. And if you've never experienced something like that before, you may... Like you said, really confused. You were warned, but you had no idea what was gonna what was happening to you until you found yourself in a space that your mama <laughs> recognized <laughs> and said, "Hey, buddy, I think you need to, to get some help." I've been very grateful. I've got parents that are very supportive uh, and very loving, and that's something I not too many people can say. And I'm very grateful for that. Absolutely. That's awesome. What would you like to say um, as far as maybe somebody's listening right now that has a family member or a friend that needs help and they have a different mentality or a different mindset than, say, your family does? So how do you help your, the individuals that you serve and also, more importantly, the families and the friends of them? How do you help? lower stigma, I guess, or help them get past that and change their mindset so they're more open for their family member to seek, you know, the treatment that they need? The best answer I can give you for that one would be to, for everybody to understand, it's okay. You know, we all need help. We're human beings. Yeah. Uh, everybody gets sick. Everybody has great days. Everybody has their bad days. But it's all okay. You know, ask for help. There's nothing to be ashamed of. If I hadn't asked for help, I don't know where I would be today. Am well, I you not? certainly wouldn't be here talking to us. That's very true. <laughs> and I will say another thing that brought me to want to do this job was 
after you lay on that table knowing that basically you're you're dying or you're dead, you know, years ago there'd been no help for me, you know, not with not with the widowmaker, uh, but now they were able to fix me up, send me on my way, and what put me in that this position was thinking about people who have. A problem and they want to end their life mm. really bothers me. Here I was struggling for my last breath to get that next breath. And what really bothers me is the fact that I want to change somebody's mind on a suicide. That's big. We don't need to look at suicide as, oh, oh, well, you know, it, there's nothing wrong with it, whatever. Whatever is going through their mind, they they just figured to get rid of it. No, you're a human being. We all love each other. So let's yeah. let's help. Yeah. And it's so frustrating knowing that somebody has those thoughts going through their mind. If I can help change somebody, somehow, some way, I want to be there. I want to be helpful. I think it's incredible that you were. You know, that you had this amazing epiphany when you were struggling just to breathe. That you said, you know, there's people out there that don't want to anymore. What can I do to help them stop feeling that way? That's a huge deal. So, knowing your purpose, knowing why you're here. I know sometimes I think about why am I, why am I doing what I'm doing today? I can look back on my story and shake my head. Yeah, now I know. You know, I know why I'm here. I, this is what I want to do. And it's great to hear somebody else feel the same way. Hello, everyone. Like what you're hearing so far? Well, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button right now. This podcast is made possible by listeners just like you. And we greatly appreciate your support. So let's get back to the show. And I sure do. I think that if we could get more people involved, I think we can lower that stigma. I absolutely agree. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I just wanted to know, you know, you deal with so many people that come through there. Has anybody ever, have you ever looked at someone and said, oh, man, that was me, man? You know, have you had that chance to, like, really connect with an individual or? I've connected with a couple of individuals really well. uh, But to be able to say that I know exactly what they're feeling, there's just no way. No, you know, we don't know what someone else is actually truly feeling. At least that's my opinion, what I've seen so far. But we can always be there to help encourage and show them that there's a different way besides what they may be thinking. Right. I would say I'd love to hear about some success stories that you've had. You know, obviously we're HIPAA, so we can't say (laughs) anybody's name here. But (laughs) we promise we won't do that. But, um I'd love to hear if you've had any, since you've gone through what you've gone through, I would say if any, you know, you're an amazing success story. I love your story. It's so fantastic. Um, But, you know, you also got a bigger purpose, which is to help other people and influence their lives. So I'd love to hear some of your success stories or, and you know, what's neat about success stories, they can be small. They can be, someone was here, they made four steps forward. That's awesome. They never thought they could even make one. You know, so I'd love to hear some just general success stories about how, I mean, that's how we impact stigma, you guys. We talk about it. We connect with each other. 
and we see that mental and behavioral health issues are treatable and work together and talk about it and and not you know stigma is a scary topic but it doesn't have to be we can sit around here and joke about our garage and everything else and have a good happy conversation and still address it in a way that makes everybody feel like they can listen so you know that's what we want to do on our on our podcast and i'd love to hear some i like good news so right you know well on another note uh, you know i am a uh, weekend warrior as they would call it with musician i'm a local drummer awesome and after all this i had to take some time off of course and wasn't able to play but that first show felt so amazing to be able to know that i could still do this without my heart giving out <laughs> right yeah. um that was that was very hard to do to begin with, but now no, there's no stopping. I've got to keep going. That's awesome. I love music. Music is awesome. Do you, hey, do you ever use music to help with any of your patients? Most definitely. Yay! Um, that's yeah, great. Most definitely. Um, there's so many uplifting things about music. You know, uh, unfortunately, some of the lyric to some music is not the best in the world for right. them to use, but. If the music is uplifting, shoot, yeah, we use it. I mean, there's nothing like watching somebody get up off their chair and, and dance. Yeah. Have fun. Life can be fun without it being worrisome and depressing. Life can be fun. I imagine yeah. it's, a, it's a great way to connect with them, too, right off the bat. Most definitely. Uh, if you've got something in common in that way, yeah, you can make friends so quickly. You just have to make sure that, you know, you do what you think is right. You know, one of the things we want to always do when we're here is, you know, we're talking about impact stigma, but, you know, if there's somebody listening right now that is, that needs help. Yeah. You know, we want to make sure they know where to go at all times. So I'm going to take a second and be really scripted and read to you guys <laughs> <laughs> one of the most important uh, pieces of information that anybody suffering from a crisis needs to know, which is our crisis 24-hour crisis hotline. And um, if you are having anything right now, anything, and you need um, help, I don't care if it's 3 o'clock in the morning, wherever, um, we have a 1-800 number that you guys can call. If you have a family member that, that needs help, please know that 24-7 we are there, manned and ready. And the number is... One eight seven seven nine two eight nine zero six two. One more time. That's eight seven seven nine two eight nine zero six two. So please, please, please pick up the phone. Yeah, you're not alone. Mental health is just as important, if not more so, than physical health. And if you're not feeling well, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. If you're in a situation where you don't feel like your family members are going to be supportive, come and talk to us because our family here at Frontier Health are big and have big hearts, and they love big. So um, just like Eric loves big and cares for his people big, we all are like that here. So if you ever need anything, we're here for you. You know, get your family members to listen to Impact Stigma. You never know. You might hear something that changes their mind. Or somebody you know. Yeah, anybody. Spread the word. And we love everyone. <laughs> yes, you <Yeah>. do. <laughs> For sure. Except yep. Josh gives me a hard time all the time, but oh, that's okay. Well, all to. the time. I have to. 
um, just for fun, I found a, I found a big, enormous plastic roach in <laughs> my chair the other day. And, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for that scare. It was, it was very good. <laughs> I will say John Loudermilk did bring it to me. And yeah, suggested. it's all John's fault. <laughs> <laughs> hey, go scare her. Yeah. It hey, would be fun. Way, you should go scare her with this, this roach. <laughs> way too much fun. Yeah, oh, you've well, no idea. It's constant. So his favorite thing is to bang on my door and then open it and say, did I scare you? Yes, Josh, you did. My favorite, Thanks. No, my favorite thing to do is to open the door and just walk behind her and pull the chair down because she doesn't pay any attention to anything. I do, too, pay attention. That sounds a little cruel. I know, she, he doesn't. She has her headphones on, and she's into writing what she's writing. Yeah. And I'm blocked out completely, so I can open the door, just walk in, and pull the back down. <laughs> I listen to my AirPods and focus. I like to listen to classical music or something, but I listen to different kinds of things really loudly. Yes. Because it helps me focus, because I write a lot, do a lot of content writing, a lot of writing for us right now, so... I'm really focused on doing that, and um, so he really enjoys making me jump out of my seat. (laughs) (laughs) And he's gotten other people on the hall to enjoy it, too. So I think Stacy opened the door the other day and screamed at me, and I I almost fell out of my chair. It was really interesting. If you come back, get over, come to Josh's office first. (laughs) (laughs) Creep over to my office and get a big laugh out of scaring me. So that's what everybody does. I promise that's exactly. You better come back. You better come back, Eric. We really enjoyed having you. It's been amazing. Thank you for coming on. We greatly appreciate you. Your story is amazing. Thank you very much, and I'm very happy to be here. I mean, coming from a business owner to becoming a peer support specialist. Yeah. I mean, that's opposite spectrum. Yeah. And I think kind of wrapping things up just to put it in perspective. Not everybody's gonna go I was here and then I'm gonna go here that was your journey and that is awesome and obviously you're here to help a lot of people and that's awesome I just want people to think I tried very hard to go down a certain path that I thought everybody wanted me to go down and you know I've I've struggled with some things too so it was really hard for me to ask for help I think that's the biggest culprit yeah I'm the last person to ever (laughs) ask for help I will try to do it on my own until I fail about 20 times yeah and then I'm like all right somebody help me well, yeah. we all need help sometime, and that's, yeah. I think that's one of the messages that we need to we need to send out there. Yeah, is we all need help sometime. And it's Asking okay to is a weakness. Yeah, it's all it's okay to ask for help. Right. That is a chip out of the giant stigma, I guess. Block. Whatever. Yeah. Thank you. I was trying to think of something. <laughs> I was like a big piece of wood. No, that's not what I'm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I mean. You know, impact. You know, stigma is something that is just so. It's so important to to take the time, and it's going to be through attrition that we get there. That we that we push through this, and we get through this, and we talk about this, and we talk about this, and we talk about this, because it takes a while for people to go aha. <laughs> that's what we're trying to do: is get people to aha. Yep. So I hope that we ahawed someone today and that they heard what they needed to hear so that they can take the next steps to asking for help or going to someone that they can't, that, that's in their family or friends that they just, you know, pushed off for a really long time and go back and say, you know what, I'm here for you. That's impacting stigma. And I hope you're right. I hope that this impacted somebody. Me too. Me uh, too. I feel it will. Me too. Okay, so um, we are going to wrap it up. Yep. And we just wanted to, <laughs> did you like those hand gestures? <laughs> I thought I was going to get hit in the head. <laughs> I may or may not talk bigly with my hands. <laughs> That's right. 
Um, thank you guys. Um, thank everybody. And we're so happy to have you. We hope you have a very, very good day. And thank you so much for being a part of Impact Sigma. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, guys. Stigma can make mental health problems worse and even stop a person from getting the help they need. Untreated mental illness places an enormous economic and emotional burden on our communities. Economic burden alone is in the billions, and that directly affects all of us. We all play a crucial role in creating a mentally healthy community, one that is inclusive, rejects discrimination, and supports recovery. For us at Impact Stigma, this is way more than just a podcast. It is about igniting our communities, sharing our stories, and working together with listeners like you. We invite you to find out more about Impact Stigma on our website at impactstigma.com. One way you can make an impact right now is by sharing our podcast with your friends and family because you never know when something we talk about might be the reason someone you love asks for help. Mental illness is not a personal failure. We can't do this without you. So if you feel inspired to get involved, first, subscribe to this podcast. Then go visit our website at impactstigma.com. Watch the video and read about how you can become an impact maker. Thank you for listening to Impact Stigma. You're so glad you chose us. We want to thank our guests again for sharing your impactful story and doing your part to Impact Stigma. Join us next time as we enjoy some laughs and hear impactful stories. Until then, this work needs you. So go be an impact maker. Thank you and be blessed.